Yeah, for real. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to the Obelisk. Tonight's guest is the Occult Priestess. The Occult Priestess, Corinne Wilson, is a Master Mystery School graduate experienced in the psychic arts, Reiki, alternative healing, tarot, psychology, symbolic interpretation, Buddhism, 12-step recovery, counseling, cleansing and purification, states of consciousness, shamanic soul counseling, ascension and kundalini, rituals, spellcraft, soulcraft, starseeds, <laughs> spiritual warfare, psychic self-defense, world mythology, hidden history, and many, many ancient traditions. <laughs> Corinne, welcome to the show. And I'm Corinne, sorry for botching that intro. <laughs> You all should have seen Corinne. She's like, all right, cut, cut, cut. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure to have Miss Occult Priestess it up is. in here Very much tonight. So. Hello and welcome. Hello from Lost Angels, California. Yeah. How was your evening? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I don't live there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm in as I'm in the same situation because I am only up a couple states up. To, up in Washington, so we're all kind of in the same boat over here. Speaking of boats, aren't they all docked right by the oil slick <laughs> and keeping in. all our food from the rest of America? Yeah, isn't something funny about that? Somebody smell fish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and not the what's, fun kind. What's the propaganda spin on all that, too? And the truth is they're paying people to keep their boats docked with the food in it. And mm -hmm. we just had the biggest oil spill here in 20 years at Huntington Beach and people are still swimming. <laughs> of course, of course. Well, I'm not expecting much from the general public anymore. I think if you told them it was safe, they'd go in. <laughs> you know, that's what I learned these past year and a half is that the general public is not at all who I thought they were. I know, girl, this is one of those awakening moments. Who are these people? <laughs> if ever there was a case for NPCs, I think it's becoming stronger. Indeed. And, you know, I have a theory on a specific occult theory on this brought to me by the upper realms. Ooh, it on is, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, that. We have light in our bodies, in our heart, and in our third eye, this phosphorescent, beautiful light that I believe is part of the essence of God itself. And the more you lie and diminish, you diminish your soul light. The more you lie, cheat, steal, and codependency and all the other things that we have to deal with as humans that we have to grow through being born on earth. When you lose those battles, you lose light every time you lose those battles and therefore you get dumbed down into the darkness. Does that make sense? Oh, I like that. That's got, makes a lot of sense. And it's same could be said for masturbation. Oh my, isn't well, that you'd have to explain to me. But <laughs> well, Jerry grew up a Catholic, first of all, and thinking about it's just as bad as doing it. <laughs> no, the, the, the idea of that, you know, you have limited life energy and to spill well, your see, seed as it were i don't believe this i'm just saying it's some people say that i guess i'm coming from the opposite end where you have the infinite potentiality to reach god and god to reach down to you 
and that's what the obelisk actually is about. So that's really weird way of bringing Ooh, it up. Tying it in again, girl. We got two on occult priestesses here tonight. <laughs> she was going. She's going to learn us on obelisks tonight. She told me. <laughs> well, I asked well, him what why he chose it. And what did I say? That it looked cool. It looked cool, exactly. And then I brought up that it looked like the Eye of Sauron. Yeah, she made this picture with the Eye of Sauron next to the logo, and I'm like, oh wow, I never realized, I never saw it that. Did, it really does have that look. Never, never even occurred to me. Jerry was just going metalhead with it. It looks cool, dude. Let's do it. It does odd. look great, but that's what I saw when I looked at it. I see different things. It's like I see in the Matrix. You know what I mean? So I, We've taken I some slack I mean, for it. We have taken some slack for it. Yeah, because the people, I don't know, people associated with with masonry, which of course it is, but that's not what we're about. And whatever, I don't really care. Oh, well, I always thought Egypt, obviously. Well, that's where the masons you. are based in Egypt, Egyptology, so. Well, they stole it, sure. They based their beliefs on it. How's that? Nope. Cultural appropriation. Uh, one of one. Six of one. I'm not going <laughs> to argue because I don't know. Ooh, we get I'm heated not, up in here. I'm I am it. not any any kind <laughs> of Masonic. Know. Oh, I don't know. That's why I don't want to. I'm not going to argue about it. <laughs> but anyway, bring in the light. I made that. Right. I made the logo because I took that picture on the moon during an eclipse. Which is beautiful. Thank you. And it's kind of, it's unbelievable. Actually, it's wild. It is cool. And then I just I I don't know. I. I came up with the name and I wanted Nobilis, so I got the Washington Monument and I found that picture. So that's how it came together. And the eyes that are in it was a ref were are a natural reflection or what? Well, those are lights in the actual Washington Monument. Oh, it's the Washington Monument. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. But the eyes have always <laughs> there's your been Masonic like wild. There's your Masonic tie-in right there. But that's yes. yeah, but still the eyes the eyes part has always been kind of spooky. They're actually it? windows and it's lit in there. And but, I honestly but, didn't even see it. <laughs> I didn't but the, yes, I look like eyes. I'm not. I'm not arguing with you. They're, they're not. This is such a Mercury retrograde opening. <laughs> Explain <Right>. that. <laughs> isn't this, isn't the Gatorade's not over yet? Holy shit! No, no, not until no. seventeen. No wonder my voice is fucked up. La la la. So, Mr. <laughs> Cult Priestess, I want to learn about you. Tell me about you. Okay, sweet. Well, can we go back to the obelisk? I'll get it over with real quick and painless. Go for it. If everyone would just imagine for a moment with your eyes closed that you are sitting in the lotus position, which is the meditation position that the Buddha often takes in iconography. And then imagine a heart, your heart has a light in it. Imagine your third eye has a light in it and you're wearing a witch hat, which is a cone hat in this meditative stance. You tap into the heart chakra, and even if you don't see the light in your third eye, you make it up. You fake it till you make it for a minute. See the light, bright and phosphorus. And then the obelisk is basically over your body. It's taking the, the place of the witch hat. And now we have the obelisk over the body. And that is, you are now the lightning rod to draw down the energy of God into your metaphysical body. And that light is what I eat every day. All right, you guys got to try it to know that it works. But that is how I harness the lightning. I love it. And it absolutely works for me. I have a lot of practices and 
Um, of course, active imagination is a major one people need to definitely get into. Uh, that one works perfectly for me with the obelisk lining up right through the core center point and the witch hat on top, which I love, darling. Um, so yeah, I'm having that. Thank you for that. Excellent. So uh, my name is Corinne Wilson, and I've gone by occult priestess for quite a long time now on the internet, maybe 15 years. And I've been on YouTube and all that. But what I, what I did was when I was born, I had an abusive childhood and I had sleep paralysis. And the first film I got into was called The Nightmare. And that's all about my sleep paralysis. And that's by Rodney Asher. And the film is called The Nightmare. And as I grew up in my Jehovah's Witness family, I was very, Ooh, child. <laughs> very <laughs> spiritual and I believed in Jehovah really hard because that was obviously the only choice I was given. So I was always very spiritual little girl having what some believe and what I know is demonic attack at night through sleep paralysis, even as a toddler. Um, so I've been attacked basically since I walked onto this planet and I grew up in a cult. <laughs> basically saying the Jehovah's Witnesses are very cult-like um, because they will ostracize you if you're not following the narrative, which we all know about these days. Don't they shun? Is that part of it? That's the ostracization. Yes, shunning. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, like the Amish would. Ostracization. Yeah, thank you, Jerry. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. <laughs> we already moved past that. It was so like five minutes ago. Anyway. I'm an Aquarian, but I'm trying to be chill because it's a chill show. Um, so as a teenager, I was introduced to the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I acted in that for quite a few years. And during that time, I met a predator, a molester, and that's how I lost my virginity, through abuse. And I was brought into romantic situations for the first time through abuse. I was then, he was a pagan, so I was then introduced to the pagan community, 14 years old. And 15, 16, 17 was pretty much spent with the pagans and the Rocky Horror people and trying to finish school, right? Like being a person, right? And having a family, my mother and everybody. So I had a lot going on always. And then I started doing um, my mother's friend who she did her hair, gave me my first tarot deck when I was 14. And that's when I started learning the tarot, like serious. What was the deck? Oh, it was the IIJ Swiss deck. Okay. So it's old, like yeah. super old. Yeah. And it was used. Um, but she had written, Mrs. Wright is the name of the woman that gave me my first tarot deck. And she had written the meaning on the cards. So they were super easy to use. Oh, I love that. And I didn't go into it believing it at all. Skeptical Aquarius, very scientific at that age. So every day after school, I would play with my tarot cards. And then eventually I got brave enough to ask my mother if I could read her cards and then so on and so forth. And I became a nightclub psychic at age what 17 uh, i wasn't even allowed in the club legally <laughs> girl when you and me both i was doing that too at 17 <laughs> see that's a whole other life it's like you get to be an adult like now yes yeah it was amazing and a sense of freedom and a sense of self i had a sense of self <laughs> which is what i'd always been looking for this sense of self-identity who am i because i'm not this i'm not that that's what i was always saying through my childhood well that's not me and that's not me so starting to find myself in the gothic glory uh wearing black and 
really, it was very theatrical for me. It wasn't dark and spooky. It was about theatrics um, and self-expression, really. Well, but of course. I think I'm an artist, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we must express, darling, we must express. That's what Ayahuasca told me. She said, you're here to express. Yes. <laughs> that was deep. Um, it is deep though, really is. So I did the psychic fair circuit for a long time. And I ended up, I'm going to sew this up really quick. I have a guru, Srima Modevi. I'm a Tibetan Buddhist of the Karmakagyu lineage. I'm very serious about that. That's the most serious part of me, I suppose. And uh, then I owned two different occult stores through two different, and I worked at nightclubs, kept doing that. Um, but what I haven't mentioned at all is my community work. And I've started several community gatherings that are still going on to this day back in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, having the occult stores, I was basically ahead of the community. So I got everyone together and organized. The, I herded the cats. I herded the pagans, which is absolutely <laughs> impossible, but I did it. <laughs> um, so I had uh, pagan festivals. We'd all go away for a week out in the woods together. And I started the witch's ball, which was a once a year Halloween dance for, and it was non-secular. It was any religion. Come on in, have a good witch's ball, very clean, fun, no drugs, you know, everything on the up and up and clean. Uh, some would probably think I was more Christian because I'm so clean. And that's just a reputation that the Christians have. And pagans don't have that reputation, unfortunately. And I know why, but uh, I was very wholesome always. Um, so then what? I'm here in LA and I've been here in LA on a mission from God for about five years. And I was asked to come out here and do this so that I could meet all the people I thought were celebrities. Okay. Like um, all the people that do the psychic fairs and write the books and are on the shows. I wanted to meet them all because I wanted to come to a Mecca. I wanted to come to a place I finally belonged because I thought this would be it. But then I met the people and I talked to them and I hung out with them. I, I touched their skin, which is psychometry, which means I felt their energy. And I can get into people's heads pretty easily, especially if I'm eager to know them. And I was not impressed with anyone I met. In fact, I was extremely disappointed with most of the people I met. They were normal. They were muggles. What the, what the heck is going on here? Mm -hmm. It's no so, business like show business, baby. Thank you. And you know, you hear that, but until you actually go and you it's see real. it for yourself. <laughs> it's real. It's so real. I had to have it proven to me beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. And I even met like my favorite, well, not my favorite, my second favorite celebrity. And they were the most disappointing. So uh, when I say celebrities, people, I am talking about new age, uh, occult, the book writers. I'm not talking about Tom Hanks or anything crazy. <laughs> So that's, that's pretty much me. And now I'm just going to be more on the internet, trying to bring out a whole bunch of stuff I've never brought out before, because I'm very quiet in what I know, because no one else seems to know it. And that actually doesn't make me want to express it. It makes me want to shut up about it. Oh, that's too bad. But now you're not shutting up about I'm it. I'm working on it. I'm going to work yeah. on it because <laughs> yeah. I can talk for 10 days and never give out a mystery or something you haven't heard before. I can be one of the gang, but that's not the point for me being on the internet. No, people want mysteries now, the real ones. They want to look into the darker places and understand what's going on with the grit of everything. 
And I have, I've also found myself often doing this work for so long that a lot of times, you know, that meme that's going around where hell, not even the meme from the movie, I'm no angel. One of my favorite movies of all time with Mae West, the great Mae West, where she's asking this, they're in the circus and the psychic is at the crystal saying, uh, you know, basically I see a man, she's like, what one? And um, it, that whole thing where it's like the, the, you know, you're shuffling the cards and you tell someone what you see and they don't want to see it. So they, you know, reshuffle bitch, you know, it's like, right. There, yes. There's a meme right now going around with that, the card shuffler. And uh, that's the thing. People don't by and large want to hear the grit. They want to hear what they want to hear. And this is a big deal in the world. And it's definitely something that had burned me out for sure. I can't, I can't hold back anything. So that's uh, the same way I am. I can't hold back. Yeah. What it's a, there's some morality there where you're, why are you doing it? If you can't speak the truth that you're seeing. And that's what that gets down to. Where were you before LA? For some reason, I thought you were in New York, Cincinnati. I thought you were in New York, though, at some point. No, I've only visited New York once, right before 9-11. <laughs> it's so funny because you do give me a little bit of that vibe, but it might be our JJ. A lot of people say that. Okay. I know it might be It might be JJ, exactly. Yeah. He's in chat right now. Hello. Hi, sissy. <laughs> that, okay, so, but you do have a New York vibe. I like I've, it. I've been heard. I've been told that a lot. Like in Ohio, people say, you're not from here. You're from New York. And I was like, well, why not LA? <laughs> There's such a different vibe. Oof. You don't want yeah. to be told you seem like you're from LA, in my opinion. No one's ever said that to me, actually, even now that I'm from here. <laughs> that's a, uh, that is definitely not a good thing. So well, now I know that that's a put down. Now I understand the California, follow the narrative. Nothing yeah. is real except for unless it's on TV. Yeah. They're brainwashed. This is the brainwashing capital of America. Oh yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. It's I could I could go on, but I'll leave it alone. Thank you, our brothers in the CIA, for that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but you know what? I do know a lot of people I love in LA and in California in particular. But it's always the underground that makes something right. There's a great underground in LA where people are not. Uh, a facsimile of something else where there actually are real people. Well, you're there. So, you know, I am an ocean of one. Darling. <laughs> well, there are made, others. They may be, but I, I guess I don't get out much, obviously being in lockdown and all, <laughs> but I haven't attracted any awesome people towards me. I haven't made one real friend and I'm the girl that makes friends every five minutes, but it's about being real and that I am so real that I think I get shunned for that. And that's fine because yeah. I yeah. won't put up with any of their Kool-Aid. Oh yeah. It's I, I've lived there twice and I couldn't get out fast enough both times. Like, Oh God. So let's talk psychic stuff. Let's sure. go there. So what, tell me about, so when you're looking beyond this realm, when, however, how does your psychic gift play out? How do you tap in? What are you tapping into? How does it look for you? Are you, um, you know, which Claire do you possess? Do you possess all of them? What's going on with your psychic field of perception? There's two different aspects to my psychic work, I suppose. One is just life, lifestyle, and constant 
contact or meditation with the divine always like there isn't a moment of the day that i don't feel like i'm connected the upper realm those are my best friends that's where i get all my love from and my truth and a lot of my comedy is coming from what i'm perceiving in the higher realm at all times and that means that i live a very quiet non-distracted life understand that it doesn't mean that i'm out and about and hobnobbing and you know being a crazy materialistic woman i'm a very quiet almost church-like woman so that's one aspect of my work the other aspect is if you ask me you know how do you do your job with people and then that is uh with the tarot i will book a client and then from the time i've booked the client until the time the client sees me i do prayers so uh, once a day and so, and that will bring in what they're going through and that usually manifests in my apartment in different forms um i had a client not too long ago who was physically battered bef right before our reading and i didn't know this but i pulled something down and bopped my nose and got a black nose and I hurt myself. Wow. And so you see how it was manifesting beforehand. And I've only, I didn't know this stuff when I was younger, only when I got my life real quiet and lost a lot of friends and just had this my space kind of thing. That's when I could realize, hey, these other vibrations, these other tones and notes aren't coming from me. These aren't stories that are coming from my consciousness my subconsciousness or anything dealing with my aura these are things that are actually leaking through the psychic tube if you will from the client before i'm even dealing with them and reiki masters know how this works but energy works as soon as you make an agreement in your heart as soon as there's uh, a knowledge acknowledgement then the psychic um gateway is open Yes. And then that becomes a telephone line. And of course, people who have made love with other people who are somewhat sensitive, understand you can talk to your lover in your head. And we have all these connections, psychic energy that actually Carl Jung did talk about. Carl Jung, Swiss psychologist, did speak about how there is a psychic realm that we all live in but we're just not aware of it. I've always been aware of that realm and becoming more and more aware of it as I grow older, it becomes more realistic than this place and what's happening here because it's more truthful, it's more honest, it's closer to who I truly am. And so when I'm working with a client, we make those agreements. And then when I go in, I usually give them what's called a Celtic cross reading, regular 10 card reading. And that's where I tell them everything that's going on. And only after that, do I let them go ahead and comment and bring out their issues so that we can address them. But they have always come up in the reading beforehand and they're like, oh, well, that's what I was gonna ask about. And you kind of already answered that. So then we get even deeper because that's where my, what you guys would call, or some people would call psychology, but psyche means soul. So that's where my soul comes in and talks to their soul. And that's the most important part of my job is the psychopomp that I'm actually embodying my soul because I've done the work to do it, to be able to reach in 
to get to where their soul is and to say, are you okay? And to check on them almost as if in an angel would, because I'm at that rank, if you can understand all this. <laughs> I can understand all this. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. At the core of a lot of Jung's work is, I mean, he did a whole essay on psychic energy is, is the psychic realm and the mystical experience. And of course he has, was desperately trying to uh, speak to the scientific community at the time with stuff that they would have ostracized him for. So he had to keep it in that, that field. Right. Exactly. He brought so much to the table. I love me some Jung. And one of the things that I found quite interesting is your connection. I like the way you brought all this down. Let me say, I like the way you brought it down and explained it with good ways to visualize what you're talking about. And uh, when you tap in to people, I wanted to get some, some stuff. So have you tapped into people with a darkness that has actually maybe rattled you? Oh yeah. I want to hear about some of that, especially since we're in October. Let's hear some of the, the dark stuff. Well, you, I think you're maybe talking spooky. And when you say dark, I mean depraved. I am talking all realms. See, clearly you don't listen. You don't follow anything I do. Cause girl, I get down there. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. Depraved. We can go depraved and I spooky is fine too, but I'm talking about the really dark, dark stuff in the, that, some, you know, that say the Catholic church might call them demons or, uh, you know, there's right. a lot of, lot of different stuff. Let's go there. Well, okay. I did. I had a client who was actually a predator, right? So I dealt with a predator when I was young and I healed over all of that, um, through going through codependency and understanding what codependency was and healing myself from it. So there I was with a client who was a predator on young women, who was an actor, right? Ugh. And I felt the energy and I knew it all. And I said, okay, I need to push all this aside and get to his heart. And so becoming, I became compassion. Alokite Shivarai is, I don't know how to say it exactly, but it's the God of compassion, the Buddha of compassion. And that's what I had to become to be able to deal with him. But he quickly left me. He quickly understood that this was for good. This was for always. And this was permanent. And he could no longer do what he had been doing. This would be a permanent change. And at that, he ran away. But thank goodness, I learned the lesson, how to take my predator into a heaven space and say, would you like this? And give them the choice. And that, that was just huge for me personally. Yeah, that's major. Have you, so with that, have you, have you encountered, so not necessarily with clients either, but have you encountered stuff in the field and this could include your dreams this could just anywhere that we're we're finding ourselves within a state of lucidity stuff beings out there that are um extreme on the predatory scale that actually gave you pause like i need to get away from this i need to find my way out of how this presence and and backtrack how did i get here 
Okay. Well, as you understand, I was, I dealt with demons as a child all the way up. So I, I've not known life without demons, basically is what I'm trying to say. The sleep paralysis is what happened to me since I can remember. And that's when you're trying to go to sleep and then you become completely paralyzed. You can't move. You're still conscious, you're awake, but you can't move. And you're not breathing very deeply either. It's a very shallow breath and you kind of slip away into another dimension is what happens. And in that other dimension is where there is a shadow man. It's a 3D shadow of a man. His shadow is darker than the night. And it looks like the Grim Reaper kind of, but it's just a cloaked male figure. And that entity would approach my bed and I could feel all the feelings, these vibrations like all kinds of feelings of hell confusion and the worst of humanity like the bottom level of war the very worst of humanity and that was coming at me and my bed as a toddler and I didn't know to be afraid of death I didn't think it was like death coming to kill me I knew that that was evil. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. But in my reality, no one talked about evil the way I knew evil was and how pervasive it was and how often evil was, meaning it was everywhere. <laughs> so this is the thing. I had to take a vow in one of my first lives on this planet to be able to be here. And it was the vow to always see which is to always to have a third eye and to yes. always understand what was going on is a vow of a priestess. And some other people have taken it and you're still here. Thank God. <laughs> and so <laughs> I believe that's why I saw what I saw and de dealt with as a young child. I mean, cause I was also in an abusive family. I was abused by a Vietnam vet who was hitting me. And then my brother and my sister would hit me. I wasn't sexually abused. Thank God. But, and then at night I had the demon, basically hitting me and I'm going to school and trying to become a person while all of these other things are going on. And I'm Joe's witness and I'm praying out, trying to pray out to God and everything. So when I first saw the exorcist, I thought, why am I not possessed? And I'm a child. I'm so little. I don't know anything about this and yet, right? It's all from past lives is what I might remember a little bit of. And I, if everything has happened to me that happened to Reagan, the character in The Exorcist, but I'm not possessed and all, all these people are paying attention to me, I guess is what my little girl was saying is like, I'm not getting any attention and no one's helping. And look at this girl, she's got a priest and doctors and everybody. So I was really serious about comparing myself to her. But you know, I, I never told anybody that I never shared with my mother, you know, I feel like that possessed girl because my mother also had sleep paralysis. And so we would talk about it a bit and that we had the nightmares, but she, she always thought it was because in real life, she's like, well, we know things other people don't know. And maybe that's kind of a trade-off or something, but now we know that Ooh. it's because we can see through the realm and that's what's there. But I did have one, one <sighs> experience with a 
demon, full blown demon. And as the occult priestess, the life I've had, I can see why this happened to me because it seems like he came here to experience everything. I was staying with a man um, as his girlfriend, although I didn't really like him very much. I, we were in a fight, we were arguing and over the week. And I was saying, evil isn't real. Evil is a construct of the mind and people get sick and sick isn't evil. Sick is just sick. There's a difference. And he's like, oh, believe me, there's evil. And he was trying to push it on me. And so, you know, I said some very sincere prayers, like show me what he means if it's true, because that's how I am. And I fell asleep on the couch one day during the day. And that is when I saw my first and only angel. The angel came to me and it was non-gender. It was super weird. It totally creeps me out. I would imagine an angel would make me feel like, like Jesus makes me feel, you know, like love and oh, divinity and all that great stuff. But it didn't. It made me feel like it was a weirdo, <laughs> like it had no gender and it had no feeling to it. Almost like a bot or something. But anyway, it was a real angel. And it told me that, yes, evil is real. And that evil, the origin of evil on this planet begin in, began in Israel is Ra-El, right? So I did I heard research. you when you said it right away, right afterwards. I'm like, did I hear her just say that in my head? That was interesting. Yes. I'm sorry, not to interrupt. I just no, heard, I heard that, that first. No, I heard that too. Yeah. I heard it too. <laughs> okay. I, like, I said Israel right before I have to say Israel. How strange. <laughs> so you're a very intuitive, Nish. Thank you. Makes this easier. Yes. <laughs> I really, I'm in like a testimony right now, right? Uh, girl, I'm hearing it. <laughs> Testify, sister. So um, the angel told me it was an invention. Evil is an invention for this world, which is the class we're all in. We're in the class of, if you take it from the Christian perspective, of the apple, of discerning good from evil. And I did a whole video, an hour video on discerning good from evil. So I hope people watch that. Um, it's called In the Land of the Blind, Be King. And that's what I'm trying to do is teach people how to be king. So an invention for this world, evil is an invention for this world. This is where we learn. This is where our souls grow from lead to gold. And that's hermetics. But it's, it's universal knowledge that we come here. I believe we first incarnate here because we want more somehow. And if you understand God, God is the most creative source ever, ever, ever. The moment, if there's a thought, it's a thing. Like it's not the secret, it's not all that new age crap. I'm saying that's how the infinite is. And we're finite at this point. So to want to be more like your parents or want to be more like your God is a normal, natural yearning of the soul to grow, right? And I believe that's why we're all here. And it's not jobs and it's not even families sometimes. That's how we grow sometimes. But the whole point is one person, one, this life, are you gonna grow or are you gonna atrophy? And that's it. You need to make that choice in your heart. So after I had the angel visitation, are there any questions? Can we move on to the other visitation? 
Yeah, the I I guess I have a couple questions though on the angels situation. Yes. So that I experiencing it as non-binary is exactly how they're written about. Mm. And the you know, non-gendered. No, I knew what you meant. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we were eye to eye because I'm like non-binary. Yeah. So it totally right. creeped me out. It felt weird. You know what I mean, Mish? Yeah. They have a very well. It's a it's a high energy and it's a it's above where we are now with that whole thing where we need each other to procreate. They're a different being. They're a different mm-hmm. source altogether. Yeah. And that's one of the things. So I kind of interested me is that they're kind of scary and they feel scary when you're in their presence and uh how they've become so well well the meme of the angel which is you know you see the the these kind of barbie looking types with angel wings you know like the whole the the stereotype of the angel that's out there and uh, my experience has been nothing like that uh, and I've done a lot of research on angels. I'm very interested in the angelic hierarchy. So I've done a lot of diving mm-hmm. into that, but there's I, definitely a hierarchy. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. There is about everywhere. And oh, you're so, going to love this next story. I can't wait, but I, on the, on this one though, when you were in the presence of it, what was the actual, so you gave us descriptives of it and general, but what was, was there a mood? Silence, like extreme bubble boy, you and me here in this weird space doing this weird conversation. Did you have a knowing, like when it, when you were in its presence, was there something familiar about it or was it completely foreign to you? Completely foreign. And then also, did it feel like it was in looking out for the best interests of you and your enterprises or not it was very factual it was actual factual there was Mm -hmm. no feeling no empathy there was no way i could feel this being or this being could feel me Mm -hmm. completely but although it was right there it was in its own universe and i was in my own universe even though we were having this conversation yeah that's fascinating thank you i this is the kind of stuff i really love to to bite into. So thank you for that. And carry on with the next one. I'm excited about that already. Well, it's my pleasure. I would like to give a trigger warning for this next one, because I'm going to give the name of an actual demon during this talk. And it shouldn't take more than 10 minutes. So if you need to mute this part, please do trigger warning. Lord have mercy, everybody. Hold on. (laughs) It's all right, girl. We're good. We're good. Because I got the name of the demon which means when i say it it means something we need some robert powell is he here he is okay good robert's out there can we you do a lesser banishing ritual for us we got our priest out there all right let's Ta-ta, go <laughs> i can do one right now if you like <laughs> come on down occult priestess okay well let me let me light this uh palo santo santo palo i always say it backwards hey with the palo santo Palo Santo. Okay. So I'm still staying with this man I don't like and sleeping in his bed. And one night after the angel visitation, we go to bed and I'm laying there kind of, you know, trying to sleep and I'm on my back. And that's key for other people that have sleep paralysis. I was on my back and my uncle 
my favorite uncle in the whole wide world, Uncle Bob, had just passed. And so Hermes, my spirit guide, who's always around and loving, he brought me my Uncle Bob, thank God. And he's like, Uncle Bob's fine, watch this. And he took Uncle Bob up, up through the ceiling. So it was just a very, very short little, hi, honey, we know you're sad. Uncle Bob's okay, and we're gonna take him home. And that was just, that's just something Hermes would do. It wasn't like out of the ordinary, but it was phenomenal, okay? That was awesome. And then I'm laying there trying to get to sleep. But if you understand, those of us, among us who are keen, the window was open. If I just saw Hermes take my uncle upstairs, then that means the window was open. You see what I mean? Yes. The man next to me is sleeping. And all of a sudden, before I know it, and, and fucking, this, I, I don't, I'm trying not to cuss, but it's freaking frightening me. All of a sudden, there's a huge black glittery skeleton on my fucking chest looking me in the fucking face okay sorry had to had to cut you can say anything you want yeah. here we, we encourage it we believe in freedom of speech darling thank you mm-hmm. <laughs> so i feel the weight the knowledge and the experience of this glittery black charred M effort on my chest and all my life I'd heard they, they, the sleep paralysis happens on your chest. Well, it never did. I was never one of those people. I had this classic old time Irish sleep paralysis from the old world. And I was not used to something on my freaking chest, nor was I used to a glittery skeleton. And I looked straight at the M effort right in the not eyes. And I said, give me your name. And I was serious because it was my soul that was speaking. And the thing had to give me its name. And its name, Azazel. Ooh, child. And then Hermes appeared above my head with a sword. And looking angelic, but obviously above that rank. And he pointed the sword at the demon. And then he whooshed it to the side like he pointed back at the man I was sleeping next to and the demon jumped back into that man's body and left me and I was there with Hermes but I think I got knocked out after that because I just gotten a demon's name and not just any demon that demon and after doing some research that's a big freaking demon and I can imagine knowing that my sleep paralysis was me holding these demons at bay. If we understand Hades kept some of the demons uh, in a part of Hades, you understand, in a part of hell. And my namesake is Corinne, which is Kor. In my lifetimes before, I believe and I know I was the goddess Persephone. And that I had to keep these demon dogs basically at bay for the end times, which is where we are. Thank you for this. And that is, I love me some Persephone. And in, in, in my pagan days, I played her many times in ritual theater and uh, became quite fond of her energy. I, very, very beautiful energy there. Powerful powerful, transformational. 
Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, yes, it's all right there in Amethos and it's beautiful. I did a video, one of my videos out there. Uh, there's an ode to her. And oh, it's, I want to see it. Oh, it's on, it's on my personal channel. Um, if just on the, on Jerry can send it to you. Yeah, it, we'll get it. It, it may, it got pretty big over in European discos. <laughs> wow that's hot i love I mean, disco <laughs> it actually made some like charts and stuff it's so funny uh that's and, amazing Nish. yeah it's it's interesting it, the synth pop kind of stuff it, it is yeah. interesting um anyway so there's an ode to her in that and it's a two video it, there's two videos to it so there's the um oh geez the regina one and then Decentis, and uh Decentis, what a name mm -hmm. well miss persephone goes down down i love down. that <laughs> So oh you feeling it so yes. i i want to talk about you led me right where i want to talk about when you said <laughs> in times and all this stuff we're going on right now what is your perception of how crazy all this is well it we're not there yet. I know we're not okay. there, but just take us in. I want your perceptions of this experience that we're all walking through. I'd like you to set me up a little bit more. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. All right. So the world stage is dark. There is just a few flames, a couple lighthouses, and the stars in the sky for That's the truth. That's illumination. Real. I know it's real. I'm right here with you, girl. And um, and there has been a new player on the board, on the stage, has entered a new player, and this player is dark, and this player is unknowable, but their presence is very knowable and familiar as uh as a dark prince that takes people in and down and that presence that is now on the main stage which i believe is there uh is at play and i'm curious about your perceptions of what this energy is that is now blanketing the realm that's come in so uh Okay, I got you now. Are you with me now? I really needed all that, believe it or not. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. I love when people ask for clarity. I'm not necessarily the best with that. No, I think you, you're uh, you're artistically, visually awesome. I was okay. sending you mental Im images. Yeah, I got it. That's the thing. <laughs> that's a psychic world we're in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I understand the stage you're setting, which is just beautiful. It's a certain state of consciousness that you are bringing to the table and saying a lot of people can see this now in the state of consciousness that they're in because everything is changing. However, I've known about this coming. I'm sure you have too. Obviously, most of us have. But the way I knew it was coming was I was told the dimensions are merging, which is really weird, right? So it's not just another dark time like we have in history. You, if anybody knows their history well, then you understand there's downs and ups and downs and ups and it's evil and it's good and then it's evil and it's good. Well, this isn't that, this is graduation. This is you have either become golden or you are led. And if you are led, you are dead. 
So this is the dimensions merging. It's a very complicated thing, but I'm gonna try to explain. So we have the earth realm, right? This is where we all live and breathe materialism. Then you, most people have a subconscious mind, which is their own personal hell realm, basically, if they haven't healed. If you heal, you break the walls of that subconscious hell realm mind into infinity, where you can meet angels and gods and guides and you know fall in love upstairs with the universe. And that's when you see the hermetic painting of the guy sticking his head out of the earth into the universe. Yes. That's what they mean by that. It's the eternity that we, we become aware of, right? Out of the dome. Thank you. Exactly. You're so on it, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> so out of the dome, the next layer is the astral bardo. Well, there's actually a lot of psychic ick realm, basically. I don't know if we call it a realm. It's a plane where once you go up psychic ick, then you hit the second realm. It's the collective unconscious of humankind. It's like a radio across the planet. Everyone's thoughts, feelings, emotions, all of that. Remember when I was describing the feelings of hell? <laughs> all those yes. sounds and feelings and emotions. Well, there's like a radio band around the earth of that dark energy, which is our human fodder, you know, kind of what we give off psychically because we're not healed as a people, right? So it's kind of like where all the shit goes, the trash heap. Above the trash heap is hell. That's where I was at when the shadow was attacking me. And you could call it hell. You can call it the bardo, which I think is more compassionate to call it. It's a realm full of uh, souls or beings who are lacking the light. And I call them lack of lights, lacking the light within them. They can't ascend higher because they don't have enough light. They're too heavy. They're dark, right? And it's because of the choices and decisions they made when they were alive, period. End of story. You can't be coerced or forced into being evil. The worst thing that can happen to you, I know torture is bad. It is. I think that's the worst thing. But they say upstairs, worst thing can happen to you here is you die. As the worst thing can happen. So... If you choose, because you're scared of death, to go towards evil and just go along with the narrative and go along with the story, that's going to dim your light, okay? And that's going to put you more into the bardo. And I mean living or dead. You're in a mind state. You're in a soul state. Psyche means soul. Your psyche, as above, so below, is either in heaven or hell. Your psyche itself at all times right now. So... If you're in the bardo, let me just say, the bardo is the hungry ghost realm. That's what the Buddhists call it. So if you mm -hmm. want to look it up, that's what we look up, hungry ghost. Yes. And I want to shout out to my friend, Scott, who just got the hungryghostrealm.com. <laughs> okay. Hi, Scott. Oh, I'm surprised that was actually available. Isn't that's that crazy? what he said. <laughs> wow. Like, oh Congratulations, Scott. <laughs> okay. So- I hope we understand that right now we're in heaven or hell at the moment. You don't die to go to these places. You're already there. 
Mm-hmm. But most Amen, people sister. Right. But most people aren't seeing the infinite. So they're not aware of those levels of themselves, which is these are levels of yourself, people. So the Bardo is mixing now. The hell realm is now mixing with our 3D earth. I don't think anybody could argue with that if they understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> that evil is coming to earth. Above this realm, I'm just going to skip ahead so you guys can ask questions later if you like. Above this realm is a higher realm. It's more, I don't want to give these numbers and, and all that. It does make it easier, though, like that the lower astral darkness. I was just going to ask that. Lower astral darkness is 4D, yeah, fourth dimension. Fourth, yeah. Right. Density, density, density. Right. Well, Hermes and I argue about that sometimes. What's what? But he told me what, which, which, which was what. But I hate science, so I forget often. <laughs> so to me, that's scientific. It's like, dude, it's just where I go, right? Um, so the fifth dimension is more heaven-like, but I call it more like muggle heaven because it's not as spectacular as what, what I've seen. <laughs> so it's kind of like the shopping yes. mall heaven where you get all your <laughs> materialistic desires met. Yay, get a spa day. But way beyond that, God is infinite and you can't even imagine. And I don't can't go there because I will lose my brain during being live. So um, what oh my I'm goodness. saying is- We need you to stay intact. Yes. <laughs> the dimensions are merging. Darkness comes first, then light. But I also, I'm a warner. I'm a banshee. I warn people. And that's, that's probably why I come off wrong sometimes, but I'm warning you, unless you choose gold, you ain't going nowhere, buddy. And that's the second death because this is graduation. The second death is on the table where you can research. The second death is, uh, honestly, I've only heard it from William Blake, but I know he must've gotten it from some Christian tradition long ago. It's in the Bible. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. But it's not just in the Bible. It's an actually older tone. Theosophy too. Yeah. Well, holy shit. It goes way back, but it it did make it into the canon as well. Not to be confused with La, La Petite Mort. La Petite Mort. <laughs> What's the sex? The little death. Mm-hmm. Isn't that an <laughs> orgasm? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know my French. That's okay. the secret of Freemasonry. Mm-hmm. I'm Harnessing that power, French. baby. Harnessing that power. But we can move on from that. Okay. Well, I'm just glad that we all can kind of understand each other and that I could come out of the closet and you guys could be like, okay, I get that. Oh yeah, we don't come out of the closet, darling. (laughs) (laughs) So with the dimensions merging, I'm just saying that you got to get right with yourself. And if you don't believe in God, maybe just pick up the psychic telephone and see if anybody's there. And if it's a demon, you've got work to do. And if it's something loving, then start talking to it. So what do you see? So this is, this is where I want to tap into your knowing and what you're seeing. What do you see as far as stuff coming down the road for people? And let's just look at like, how about this time next year? What do you think will have, what trials and tribulations are before us? Sometimes I, I play at guessing at those things. <laughs> Sometimes well, I'm just all, flat out told. Yeah, but well, no, I mean... Sometimes you're told. Like I was told in March of 2020 by God 
do not fall for this crap. This is all crap. You're not a part of it. Don't even worry. Because I was starting to get a little concerned. And I didn't have one night where I was stressed out over COVID. Not one. This whole time I've been stressed out over my government. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, of course, that's the real story. Well, it's not the real story, but it's part, it's it's tied into all this. So where do you see? So what we're seeing right now is definitely a big iron curtain around the realm here. All over, all over the realm, whatever country, pick your country. And well, you can call it an iron curtain or you can call it the descent of Persephone. <laughs> right. We could call it the descent of Persephone or we could get into the Steiner eighth sphere and all that stuff as well. Um, but we all know that there's languaging all around for what's going on and it has Voldemort and right. And it's playing into these mythos in all the modern fiction and old fiction, sci-fi, even folk horror. And um, not to mention all the religious uh, canons seem to have something going on. And the thing that what I'm saying about all this is it's not just people become too myopic and they don't get into the macro to step back and see. You mean they're shallow? Well, <laughs> I think that's what you're saying. Cause I just tapped into you. Hermes is like, why aren't you listening to her with your psychic self? I was like, I don't know. Cause I, no host has ever been able to do that for me before. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you now, sister. I'm here. Okay. And so with, when we look at this from, afar and we look at just the patterns playing out and we see this clearly and then we can get to the details where the devil is right but looking at it overall we see that this is happening all over and it's a concerted effort that this is not willy-nilly this is uh a this is actually an oiled machine if you will that is on the loose and those of us that are talking about it are talking about it and we don't sound so crazy anymore. Mm. So with that, I want to know like some details, how severe do you think this is going to get as far as control over the, over humans, over human beings? Well, I've been told about this time physically, even since I was a little girl, because Jehovah's Witnesses raise you, to believe that we're in the end times and that uh, their story is pretty wild because it fits a lot of the other false religion stories. Ah, which, so this is a very big blanket belief is that there's gonna be a war uh, between heaven and hell on earth. And at the end we'll have paradise, right? And the, the thing is, is that the Jehovah's Witnesses were political about it. And they said the whole world will unite in peace under a false peace, under a false prophet, basically. And that to me sounds like what the theosophists in the United Nations are planning, yes. right? But they are probably also the people who created the Jehovah's Witnesses. Yes. So it's all a big psyop, all of these false religions. And this story, now you think about it, if you understand these people have been evil, immortal, the closest I can get to that is vampire, but I don't know how it works exactly because I haven't tortured one to find out, but I do know that there is knowledge somewhere, whether some books are in their, their head or this dark entity talks to them, but there is knowledge of all the past and they have been playing this dice game on a chessboard 
since Rome, at least. But there's also been esoteric knowledge. I guess the dark side needed to understand the esoteric knowledge of the light side to understand the timing, because all of this stuff is dealing in the realm of Kronos, the time realm, you understand? I was describing before that I live mostly above time. That's where I spend my time. But most of us on earth are living in chronological time in a very blinded state of only seeing uh, this, what, maybe 80 years. They're not expanded and knowledgeable, but somehow these dark cabals are expanded and knowledgeable and they've been planning it forever. But maybe it's just the nature of evil that they keep in touch so close through bloodlines and through families, through marriages, Yes. yes. Be because evil competes. And to be able to compete with something, you have to be close to it. So evil accumulates like blood clots at the top of the food chain. Yes. Like black goo. Exactly. Graphene oxide to kick our butts. But uh, and this is where I always come from. Why are our butts getting kicked? And it's because we chose to go from lead to gold. And these are the bullies getting us. Or, you know, even in nature, there's so many uh, forms of how pressure creates beauty, right? Yes, like yes. Coal and diamonds. Mm -hmm. And that's how God creates little gods, which is what hopefully we will become. But I think I went off on a tangent. Oh, I love a tangent. I call it the Illinois explanation. <laughs> it's a Jersey left. <laughs> I love it. A oh, Jersey left is good too. <laughs> Shout out to Sheila Sampson in the chat. Yes, room. thank you for the super chat. I love Sheila. Or sticker Sheila, or whatever the hell it is, but thank you. Yes, Sheila is extra awesome and we are close by each other, y'all. So. Well, I, I think a lot of people are going to die, Nish. Yes. Physically. Uh, yep. I have been saying that as well. And so let's talk about that for a minute. Let's ruminate on that. I know it's hard for people to hear, but I think it's important, especially when we're talking about really looking at the realm as we see it. And from whatever our standpoint is, our viewpoint is, they're all valid. All these perceptions of the realm are valid because we're all getting a different aspect of it another facet in the great mirror ball if you will yeah i love that analogy what are you seeing so with this with the big death coming what are you seeing how's that playing out <sighs> it's, it's hard to see the physicality but i've been told so there's a difference between what i've seen like even future vision and what i've been told i've been told um, Hermes pretty much agrees with the Bible and he says one third of earth will perish. So I believe that's in your Bible, <laughs> but he said, that's a, that's a pretty good number. But the point is for me, I don't, I don't see just, you know, the physical death. And I mean, I was told to prepare to prepare for bodies in the streets, be prepared for that. Oh yeah. And, yes. And, you know, I can look back at our history. England was bombed not long ago. There were dead bodies in the streets. This isn't the first time. This isn't the first rodeo. And I'm sure, you know, my soul has been through that before. This is part of coming to the planet Earth. But as a person, as an ego, as a little Corinne Wilson, I was told to prepare psychologically for major death so much that it's going to be on my doorstep. And that's how dark this realm is going to get, like super dark. Yes. 
the darkest it's ever been because that's how you break the egg ego egg that's my whole thing here and it's so hard to get to because it just is so this whole crazy clown world that they're calling it right now next year i believe i'm always ahead of time so it might not be next year but i believe next year is going to turn more into twilight zone clown world you can still kind of ignore you can scoff at you can emotionally deal with it like you can fight with it it's still like putty but twilight zone world fucks with you and that's more persephone kind of stuff right twilight (laughs) zone is the void looking back at you yes See, this is the thing with death. And so we all know that we're, we come in here, it's transient, and we're going to leave. That's part of the game here. We, we are contracted into that with our own selves, with our higher self. That's part of it. Now, there's a lot of fucky, fuckery around that, and there's a lot of um, control and soul mining and, uh, you know. See, this- I don't see those levels very much. I, I look at those levels. So I, they're in there. I see them. I don't yeah. live in them, but I, I make sure I see them. I can't and- see them. I have tried. Like my friend Aurora, the flying rainbow lasagna lady, mm-hmm. she talks about AI tech in a spiritual sense. And I'm telling you, like, I can't get to that level of consciousness. It's a lower level of consciousness. I'm not saying it's not happening. I'm just saying I'm too high to see that. I suspect well, she's AI. But girl, sometimes you got to... <laughs> Sometimes I'm not kidding. Really? Down. Well, Jerry okay. says that about a lot of people. Well, yeah, that's who I think NPCs are, but whatever. Different that's subject. That's wild, dude. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. See, the thing with me, though, is I, I, I'm a traveler, and I travel all the realms that I have access to, and I know that there are just an infinity of realms out there so i make sure i dip down i always can't i literally it's like so fictitious i my soul won't see it does that make sense it does make sense okay and uh and i'm you know i bow to that as well that's fantastic it is But also i don't get that part of the story which is where the ufos are the aliens and all that stuff is in that realm that i can't get to well it's there's a lot to be said. So that's <laughs> Maybe it. it's fake. <laughs> it's fake to my higher soul, but yeah. not to humans. Right. That's- well, it's a projection. I mean, it's some kind of alternate created dimension. Think? That's what I kind of think. Yeah. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Eight well, sphere. We're talking, I mean, we're kind of passively talking about Gnosticism, you know, where the uh, pleroma, there, there's a there's a distortion in the field and that creates the false god. The false well, I god. really don't believe the Sophia story. It's just as fake as Corona to me. Well, I'm not, I'm not fully pulling that up. I'm saying that okay. that whole distortion in the field is the part that I can understand and pull up to. I don't think any of these established narratives have have it in fact i believe they're all parts of the greater and that they inform us on the greater and that we uh are good to or it behooves us to look at all the facets that create the whole the mosaic yes it does it's all puzzle pieces yes and that's why it's all scattered about and so and that's why we need to talk more (laughs) that's that's exactly my point here that's what i'm saying where everyone's point of view is an important point of view because it's informing others on on whole 
swatches of this experience that they can't see or perceive. Exactly. We, we need the intel people. We need exactly. all of this. We are the super spies. We are the intel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, you know that that the government has been trying to create people like us for millennia and then before governments back in Rome. I mean, there's always been psychic experiments and super soldiers and ubermenches, but we're born this way because it's we're good people. Well, this that's the thing that I believe that this is we're at this point in time where we are activating, there's an actual activation going on for people that are walking towards that. And, uh, which and, hopefully is mass ego death of the entire planet. Well, there's a lot of, right. Of course. I mean, ego inflation out of, he, the whole idea of hubris as it plays into, uh, the, 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 human the fall of empire. Actually. Right. <laughs> right. But as individuals, yeah. we are at a point where it is possible right now to activate uh, your genetic sequence that is your great inheritance, which is the real gift you have in this realm, and activate it and rise into a new you, into a new set of hearing, a new set of seeing, a new set of feeling, a new set of being. And you can do this right now. And part and parcel of why this darkness is around us, I believe, is because it's like the baby turtles being born, the sea turtles, you know, at the beach. And all when it's about time for the whatever thousand in the clutch to hatched you've got all of the birds circling and all of the the predators out waiting for dinner and the turtles have to make it to the tidal waters first and they just get picked off it's a feeding frenzy because they've wakened into a new state of consciousness out of their eggs and into this new state of consciousness they come as tiny little beings as precious things trying to make it to the safety of the tidal waters and so the ones that make it to the tidal waters, now they have a new set of worries, the things in the tidal waters that want to eat them and, and so on. And it moves on and it's all, it ends up being like the one in that whole clutch makes it to adulthood. This is the, the sperm and the ovum. This is the creation story. And I believe that no matter what mythos we put around it, we're still functioning on this idea and uh, that's where the darkness, the grittiness that's around us, as you were saying earlier, it, with the, uh, the pressure that's on, is creating this ability for us to activate these new senses that are in this time frame, in this time space frame. And I'm not a believer in time, and I have a lot going on with that, but where we are here on the game, it's a convergence of energies that allows us to come up out of those eggs. And that's what I'm saying. The darkness is trying to survive just like the light is. And there's some sort of balance I see here, uh, Corey. And so that's what I'm getting at with all this is that the pressure is taking us somewhere higher. The intensity is taking us somewhere higher if we step into it, into Your our love own. Is lifting me higher. Sing yeah. it, sister. <clears throat> Your love. <laughs> it's in my video. So your love is lifting me higher. And I totally agree with a lot of what you're saying. It, I don't believe in DNA. 
I don't believe in any scientific terms whatsoever, activate your heart. Is it easier now to get closer to enlightenment because you've got all this pressure on you? Yes. Could you have done this 20 years ago? Yes. So this is all about the slow learners on the short bus in spirituality. Because aren't they part of, aren't they part of the whole here? And that's what I'm saying. I came in activated. So I'm one of those people that came in absolutely activated. I was myself in a tiny baby body and everybody knows the story. So I, and I've always been different and I got used because of my abilities. So I'm, I am one of these people that feels like any time could have been activated. I'm also one of these people that time is an illusionary experience that we can actually form and fit and reform and reframe. It's, it's a tool to be used. And it's also a tool being used against consciousness at this level. What I'm saying here is that everything is a part of the whole. And so the masses that now have this opportunity, because there are, there are lights in the sky shining, there are North Stars, there are lighthouses. Well, I'd like to give some more context to this. Okay. It didn't, obviously all of this has been orchestrated. So we talk about how the new world order has been planning forever. Well, God's plan is infinite, right? And always there. And that's how they got their plan is by copying off God and inverting it. So we have to look at all time and all history and reincarnation, right? Obviously. So let's say, let's just start at Rome for easy peasy. Let's say most of us incarnated around the first time in Rome for argument's sake. You have all had all these lifetimes between now and then to either be lead or gold, right? So this is the history that we're looking at here. We're not looking at new souls that popped up and now they're getting tortured. This, these, most of the people that are here now, most of the souls here on the planet now are those who couldn't graduate in earlier cycles, meaning they're slow learners or they're not going to graduate at all basically so you see how in the past many of us since if you came in activated then that means you have reached enlightenment in a past lifetime and you are here as a volunteer you're not here for your own soul although you are growing that's not your point your point to be here is for the enlightenment of all is the bodhisattva vow which is one way of looking at it but you're here for the team to bring and help who you can get to the infinite, the eternity that we're all headed towards in a new, and I don't even want to speculate about that right now, but I don't think physical reality is going to be the way it has been once the whole shift happens. I believe that we are going to be in a much more psychedelic world and people who walk around psychic are already partially in a psychedelic world just because that's our third eye being turned on. But when the third eye in your heart is turned on, that is a whole other show. And I've only had glimpses of that, but I am talking about it like a whole different kind of planet. Basically, it feels like a whole different world, but it's really nature, beauty, and the way it was meant to be. So you could say we're going back to a paradise in a sense, but that's after all of this nonsense happens. Okay. Thank you for that clarity. So when you're talking about um, DNA 
and all that. And I think at, at the end of the day, everything here is illusionary. And um, again, like I said, it's, the idea of transience is part of the game here. Uh, because there's that idea that we come in, we're born here and we die here. We come and we go. And so there's a, an in and an out. And that is something at play here. And then the idea of DNA or bloodline or family or your own or genetic memory or you as you have transversed through the illusion of time right so all these other incarnations were you possibly i'm just throwing out ideas that you well i just don't understand the dna like i'd like you to explain that to me well to me the way i see the dna is and there's a lot of people have a lot of kickback with this i see the dna as a i see it in its form in a double helix and i see that the power of the double helix has a lot of um symbolic significance it sure does (laughs) and i see it as um possibly checkpoints in time if you want to look at it on that level as a template but i also see it as points of activation and activated sequences that create or generate more consciousness in the field so you could just be talking about astrology well i could be talking about a lot of things but i think that okay when we look back at historical stuff, like, uh, and, and I don't know, you know, some people believe the earth is 6,000 years old. Some people think it's, you know, whatever. Some people think the big bang happened. I'm just trying to navigate the field that I experience and, uh, what I see with DNA and genetic memory and ancestral knowing through the idea and concepts of time as before and after, which are hard for me because I don't swim in that concept, but everyone else around us does uh, because they're going to wake up tomorrow and do their tomorrow thing, right? Right. <laughs> so that idea plays into the double helix and the double helix plays into checkpoints within my own consciousness. And so say I'm a bloodline, say I am whatever. Are you? Am I a bloodline? I mean, do you identify with your bloodline? Isn't everybody a bloodline? No, do you identify with your bloodline? There's a difference between having one that's and identifying. A, well, it. that's a very, yeah, that's a very, you actually stumped me up on that one. That's a very good question. And do I identify with my bloodline? I identify with my self expression through the idea of emanation. If that's like makes a sense. filter on your soul. I wouldn't say it's a filter on my soul. I would say it's emanations of my soul. Well, see, so, that's so transient, your bloodline. This time you were born in that family with those Well, there's a, there's a co- cosmic aspect to it. So it's not, I'm not, when I'm talking bloodline, I'm not just talking your physical bloodline. Like, oh, it's my grandmother. That's my great grandmother. Ancestry. Uh, yes. I am actually talking on a different level with it, on a higher level with it, uh, the um, the transcendence of my personal soul moves through a bloodline like spiral and it is emanating ever through the toroid that I am, which is a single point, single point of energy. And that's how I see it. And from everything else emanates that my experience yeah. here. That makes sense. I mean, it's just a different visual. I just see it as my past life selves and they all have faces. 
Yeah, yeah. And and see, I can get down with that. I'm totally down with that. And this is the thing. And we're It's both- your Gemini. You see things more mathematical than I do, more scientific than I do. Well, part of it, because I am definitely very uh, inclined towards right brainness, but I, I pulled, I do pull in there and you, you're right with the Gemini energy for sure. Uh-huh. And, and, and I'm fluid like the Gemini, there's the two sides of it. That's why I can get into, you know, that's why I'm constantly talking like myopic and uh, in macro. But, yeah, you're mercurial. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and so what I'm getting at with you here, though, is when we're when we're looking at the idea of what death is. So let's go back to death and death in the realm, because everyone, you know, you can say that everyone's going to die. And this is where I kind of veered off. Everyone's going to die. But when we're talking about death on a bigger level, that this is now a bigger event that's affecting the collective. Now we're talking about a different kind of death. We're talking about a different kind of awakening. We're talking about a different kind of closure. This is a big event and not a small event. Well, all those people, souls who couldn't graduate are now gathered at the gates and they will be their own judgment. Judgment, 20 tarot cards, number 20, guys, look it up. Mm -hmm. Yes. Could you elaborate on that? Yes. So when you look up the tarot card, number 20, judgment, you will see people coming out of coffins to Gabriel's horn. And that is your past life selves or your little points on your DNA, those little light points, all those, the one self, which you're talking about that you have identified the one point of light that is you. And then you have all the spidering out of the other aspects of you, right? Which are your, what I was assuming were your past life identifications. (sighs) See, Jim and I just can't hang there. It's too hard. (laughs) <laughs> the same thing to me. I can't do it scientific. So um, I don't even remember what we were talking about because we went into that that other side of my brain, girl. <laughs> so, well, I'm with you though. I am following you. And Thank that's you. what's fun. The, I'm really enjoying this, by the way. Awesome. What? So what I'm saying is with, you're saying you see a mass, a mass amount of death. And I, I do too. Right. And not what Hermes showed me and what the gardeners upstairs, soul gardeners, upstairs showed me was that you know humanity is a garden of souls that was planted you could say in time and the gardeners are the ascended masters and the gods and all those above us that love us and they've been gardening us this whole time and there will be flowers and seeds that did not take root you see yes and that's what the dark soul is a seed that never took root never got onto the light never saw the sunshine and never grow. And from their highest perspective of compassionate love, they see it as if plants are dying. And if we as a humanity can understand that these people that are falling are seeds that didn't take root, if we can be compassionate and gentle enough to understand that truth in our heart, that it's not this horrible horror show that we're living through we're actually in the garden and we're watching a reaping. But after that, the spring comes. Absolutely beautiful analogy there. And I, yeah, I mean, that was, that's, you did that beautifully and it's very visual for people to see. And, and I in like many it. ways, like 
in a, in a smaller way, we're just losing weight. We're losing the weight of darkness. And to many people, it's going to look like, yes, physically, we are losing people. But where do souls go? Well, they either got in the line to go to the second death, or they got in the line to go upstairs, get healed the rest of the way, and then go home. And, you know, the reincarnation cycle, who knows? I mean, I, Earth is going to be a different kind of special place. It's a place where people graduated, and then the whole Earth graduates, like the earth mother herself is graduating and that's part of those pulses you were talking about earlier that only happen at certain moments in time yes. because the earth is giving birth to her creature creations which is mankind but we're becoming her new evolved creature which is a creature of love the emanations absolutely that is uh yeah, it's profoundly beautiful in the end. And this is part of what makes everything so acute at the moment is understanding that this process that's happening is something that is happening within all of us. That's why we're participating in it. We're on different levels with it. And that's how we're helping each other move through it. And if we can see it like the DNA or like a ladder, we're all at a rung in the ladder. Yes. We all have to reach behind us and yes. grab the person behind us and start climbing the fucking ladder with love. And you, the thing is, is what people might trip up on. You can't be an alcoholic. You can't be a liar, a philanthropist, a cheater, a stealer. You can't be all these things and get on that ladder. That's what a lot of people don't want to hear. And they hate me for saying it. And I say, kiss my ass, get right or get gone. <laughs> Oh, girl, a <laughs> uh, cult priestess got her hard line up in here tonight. So, all right, with that, let's let's talk about that. When you say that, and you definitely have a lot of energy when you say that, what does that mean? So I, I have come to that, I, I mean, maybe different viewpoint, but I definitely am kind of a goody-goody these days. So <laughs> I love being a goody-goody. It feels so goody-goody <laughs> to be a goody-goody. <laughs> but I wasn't always. So... And they were, uh, you know, girl, I had my experimental days. Okay. <laughs> I, like I said earlier, my chart is I've got the T grand T square and just like Betty Davis, I've done it the hard way. Especially since you've been here before, woke up here, then you're, you're going to go through like the mill because the evil knows you're here and they're going to go after you with everything they got, especially in this lifetime, because this is the last lifetime we have to be here. Yeah, this is, this is, uh, uh, well, I've always felt like I, of course, contracted to be here. I felt like I had a, a big say in what this experience was. And that's how I view astrology, by the way, too, is like setting up a course for this, yeah. you know, this semester. I've always viewed astrology in that way. And so I've never come from a victim point of view or uh, it's always been triumphant for me. And I think that that informs where I go and what happens. And this is part of how we reframe, reframe, or if you're not reframing the experience, how you frame the experience you're having. We have so much power in that. And that's part of what people are waking up to now. Mm -hmm. The stories that we tell ourselves. Yes. The stories that bind us, the stories that people live in. We, you have to let those go. They're, they're like effervescent bubbles in the water. They are the ego. They are the strength and character of the ego. They're the backbone of the ego. 
if you have no friends and you're a loner and you're like, even if you're a weirdo, you're probably healthier than your neighbor because getting involved in big groups, communities, and friendships, it's all office kind of crap happens, right? The kind of, oh, people are talking over there gossiping and then other people are at the water fountain and, and having sex with other people's wives and all that kind of political crap that happens in groups because nobody's healed. Right. And the, oh, it's so, it's always been so frustrating for me to uh, observe and then be part of just as passively, like, as you said, in an office or something where it's, you know, I'm a loner Dottie. And so <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's always been clear to me as well. My role was always meant to be basically a loner and, and I call us Hermes hermits. Yes. Yeah. I'm notorious. I call myself a monk and I, I've always Sweet. loved that. And I also have a kinship to the sacred sisterhood, the nuns mm -hmm. and, but not the Christianized ones, the real, the real traditional old nuns that are actually without a faith. Hmm. So some people, are, they, are they not married to Jesus? They're not brides to Jesus, baby. Wow. No. So that sounds pagan. <laughs> well, they're not pagan either. It's a whole different sisterhood. Are they Gnostic? And uh, not really. No, they don't. Oh. Ha they don't have a, a faith. They are. If you could identify them, I guess you could look at the idea of Sibyls or Pythias from the ancient world and think about them in their own order. Where yeah, like priestesses. Absolutely like priestesses. But the the nun the nun thing I think has a uh has a has a, a certain cadence for me. And so I like that. Um but I have been called a priestess in my time. I have been called many things. And so well these symbols are so freaking important to our own personal life mythology that tells us our story and we should be getting our narrative from that and not the tv and not cartoons and t-shirt slogans and that's what they've done you know nish that's what they've done they've stolen our astral dreams and our visualizations about our own awesomeness and branded it and put it on other people and told us to buy those people's products. They've basically stolen the imagination. Yes, this is a big deal right there and co-opted it. They stole it and co-opted it and turned our own, turned us against ourselves, basically. They turned, they've turned- Into our own predators. Absolutely, bingo. Ooh, we need that bell now, Jerry. Uh, that is- that is bingo on the spot. Holla. Holla, girl, holla. Um. And so this is this is part and parcel of what's going on right now, though, collectively. This is what has separated in this process uh, in the in the sacred vessel that is getting heated up, that is under pressure. And at this point, even though it feels like it's chaotic, the, the vessel is actually sealed tightly and the contents are under pressure and heating. And right now I see that everything looks good. We're in line for the gold collectively. Well, again, if we lose some unrooted seeds, it's okay because at every harvest you lose some seeds. Well, that's, that's par for the course. And we know that, and not to be heartless, but that is, you know, that's part of it. But 
this is a bigger story and it's a spiritual story and it's a spiritual story the way yeah. I see it. Well, hang on to that. I want you to go into that. But what I'm also saying here is that people need, that's a Buddhist thing. People need to lose their attachments to first diagnose yourself. People know thyself, diagnose thyself, heal or heal thyself. So look at where you have been taken in by or Hollywooded, tricked, hoodwinked in your life and figure out if it's the art that you like, if it's the celebrities that you like, and why do you like them? And why have you been listening to this kind of music? Do you really like it? Something my guru taught me was to cleanse my palate for 24 hours and then try a food and see if you like it or not, like really try it, right? And then a lady that was on your show, I believe last time was saying that she was at, it was fall and the, the, the leaves were out. And she said to her boyfriend, wow, the leaves have colors. And she was shocked because she was starting to wake up into this spiritual dimension. Yes. She had a bleak life because she was seeing in black and white because she was living in black and white. Yes. And then one day, like Pleasantville, she freaking saw color. And that's what happens when we fall in love too. But that's what the spiritual experience is like. It's the biggest romance you will ever know because I'm living it. And it's, you know, it sucks too. It's hard. It's not an abusive relationship though. I can tell you that 100%. It's a very self-empowering and loving relationship. It's just that my ego gets in the way. And that's what I was trying to address here with the flock basically is that we need to look at our addictions and where we're attached to the new world order and what they've given us our whole lives, how we've been programmed. And, you know, if you have to look at all the old conspiracy videos, please do look at videos from at least 10 years ago, Jason Burmis, Burmis Brigade. So this is where <laughs> conspiracy meets the wild side. So <laughs> Freeman, I'm going to start shouting out all my friends, mm -hmm. right? So please follow me on Twitter so you can meet more of my friends. <laughs> um, but I'd also like to say to Jerry real quick is that I followed his Luciferius uh, at Twitter and I just loved his tweets. I had no idea who he was until he recently told me. So I was liking his tweets like on the daily and had no idea. I'm sneaky like that. Master. Yes, he is. He's Loki. I get bored with work. <laughs> Speaking of Twitter, David Barsky wanted me to tell you to say hello. Hi, Dave. Yeah, David Barsky. And they're from Weaving Spiders Welcome, yeah. who I just got a little note today from Chance Garten. Oh, Interverse, mm -hmm. right? And he said, Hey man, thanks for hooking me up with the spiders. I love them. <laughs> David's awesome. David's going to be on uh, next month. Wow. We're all this weird community. And I have no, this is God's work because I don't know you guys. <laughs> I didn't, I'd, I've only seen you around uh, briefly. And I think we had a couple interactions in a chat somewhere along the line. I think on, um, man whose was it well you had freeman fly freeman tv.com on and i was in your chat that night yeah i think i that was a good show you in on dark journalist I think. oh i love dark journalist yeah. oh are you the niche from dark journalist <laughs> i'm the one he shouts out once in a while do you see how
how I bifurcate these two worlds <laughs> of spirituality and uh, conspiracy because no one has been mixing them. So I'm always like, well, I know you from that group and not this group over here. <laughs> but now they're mixing, thank goodness, like the dimensions. Yes, yes. Well, that's the thing. And one of the things about all this is, and I like that you've been bringing the ego aspect in and we need to have the ego has a very strong and important function in this whole situation and i'm talking about a balanced ego not ego inflation or a deflated ego i'm talking about one that's inhabiting their experience in a way that's in balance and that's where the ego you encounter people with that kind of ego and they're a pleasure to be around and it's not gross. And of course you're living in the land of gross ego right now. <laughs> That's all there. They're, they're nothing else but ego. It's a yeah. Barbie world and yes. I'm a mercurial girl. <laughs> so, so but you're not a Pfizer girl. Hey, Pfizer. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Hello. Gold. Take your M out of my RNA, please. <laughs> I know exactly. Get up out of here. I'm Get on up. Uh-huh. I'm sending you out. So, so with this idea again of death, I want to get your idea on what's the process of death just individually and not collectively. How do you view oh, that personal process? ego death? Yeah. So well, personal death. So if you consider when you transition out of this space, ego death, then that, you know, is that something you're talking about? That's the actual transition, whether you're living or dead, either way. So ego death is the goal. And if you can do it in the body, you become a living saint. And doesn't everyone want to be a living saint? Amen. Okay. So, sounds pretty boring. <laughs> I don't know exactly what that means, but. Oh, I okay. Well, when you're sainted or when you've woken up, you get a lot more psychedelic. And even if the world is on fire, which it is often here, my heart is lit with light and love. And it's not that I don't get down, but I don't get down like downtown people get down. I, I haven't been that kind of depressed in a long time. And so I want to tell you that my emotional equilibrium, being alone, no friends in near in the city in LA, I can see downtown from my window in the middle of hell, darlings with in, in a place where everyone speaks Spanish, really. I don't, they don't even speak my language. I'm telling you, I am the man who fell to earth, basically. I am persona non grata and I am thriving in my spiritual practice. So this real world scenario is affecting my real world life. I don't have one anymore. So now I get pushed just into doing my spiritual work for the most part. And that's a gift you can see. And that isolation, which anyone can experience now if they're choosing to, if you say a sincere prayer to universe, God, whatever you want to call it, just say energy of love, I want to be better and I want to grow towards the light, like the flower, like that girl said, <laughs> I want to be led to gold. And if you sincerely do that, then your foot steps firmly on the path. And so I just think people just need to start stepping firmly if they haven't already. But I believe most of us here have. But you do have to heal your inner child and 
you know, your wounds from your childhood. And in doing that personal process of going into your past, you will heal whatever's wrong or imbalanced about your ego. And some people will say, oh, well, I can't even remember my past. That's why I say, always start with the light, always start with love. And I call that God. But if you have to pray to love itself, the light, then do that. And I mean, that's just labels and stories we tell ourselves again. So I'm just saying, reach up like the obelisk, balance yourself and open those lights in your body in the third eye and in the heart and allow, get out of the freaking way and allow, and it will come. And it's always worked. It's, I've been doing this, my kind of work job for like 30 years and it always works. So just try it. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, it is, people get in their way. And that's one of the big messages I'm always trying to say, you actually already know how to do this, your body knows yes. how to do it. It's set up to do this for you. And we get in our way. The analytical mind you're talking about earlier gets in the way. And that's part of the imbalanced ego. The whole yes. left right paradigm is the problem. It's just like politics, left right paradigm. And there's a third eye that in the middle that's being ignored by most. Yes, absolutely. But when the left side of the brain and the right side of the brain become lovers and friends, masculine and feminine, then they give birth to the third eye. And that's when you get into eternity past your subconscious. And see, this is where when we start talking about DNA again, this is where I see it. The, the pains of your childhood are, are more than just your childhood. And it is, it is the, the accumulation of all that you have been that comes down into matter, into spirit, into matter as you as a child here. And those complexes, those things follow us until we work them out. That's right. That inner child is alive and well, and she's your inner fairy, dude. She's your inner magician. She's your inner wizard and all of that. So that's why it's so exciting. This isn't all just depressing. Oh my God, I was beaten as a child. Right. Because you get to meet the magical child and bring her back to life. It's resurrection all the way through. Ooh, you said it right there. It is resurrection. And see, this is part of, again, that DNA thing about, uh, the rights of, so there's baptism to the dead, and that's, of course, in a lot of religions, and there's a bigger power there. We see it in old tomes, too, and you can find it in, like, the Solo Busca Tarot, and um, those- Are you talking about smoting the dead? Bring it on, sister. I'm all about it. Well, about the hearing it. Is, that's something that shamans do. I had to do it. I didn't know what it was until I did it which is, I'm still mad about it. Anyway, um, that's when spirit takes over your body and you depart the spirits from around basically your neighborhood. I was in a place of many dead Indians and I'm a Native American Cherokee and I had an awakening and I was basically departing all of these dead souls from the neighborhood, but there were slaves too that were being departed. And, and then I departed my grandma too that day. But what I saw visually was they were wrapped in white sheets and their bodies floated upward, almost like a rapture. But it was because the gods were working through me that that could happen that day and we could release those souls onto their heaven home. Oh, that's beautiful. What is the process of doing that? 
Now that happened during a Kundalini awakening where I was not in charge of my body or my senses. I was overtaken, not like Reagan, not like the exorcist, but in a good way where (laughs) you you could say that the um, soul doctors were working through me because I am, I do have the Native American blood, if you want to say that, but I'm a priestess from the old days. This has always been happening to me. Uh, But it, it's my ego. It, it, that's why I've been through so much ego death is because when you're being used by masters to do master work, uh, you kind of forget your ego is real <laughs> because it's so fake compared to these ineffable mystic things. It's a facsimile, really. Mm-hmm. It's just so thin. But, you know, Hermes has given me a lot of pride in my ego. And as an ancient Greek, we have pride coming out our ears anyway. So like a Wonder Woman type pride. And I know that you felt that about yourself as well is Olympic pride is what we call it. And so I, I am hanging on to my ego in the sense that I want to have a freaking personality even when I leave the body, because that's what it's all about. It's about comedy and personality and, you know, being a creative when you're in the higher realm, it's all about the creativity. It's not about logic. In fact, Hermes scoffs at logic often. Obviously, he's the trickster, he's the joker. (laughs) And I did see somebody was looking for my video about Russell Brand, and I'm about to throw that link into the chat room. And it's entitled Hermione's Horcrux Schooling Russell Brand. (laughs) Yes. And we will have all your stuff in our show notes, of course. Thank you. I'll be reposting this. I want to repost this on Rockfin. Oh, excellent. So, Jerry, uh, were there any questions in the chat? Y'all know I'm not in the chat, so. There have been a few, but I think she's covered most of them. Does anybody out there have questions for our occult priestess up in here? Someone wanted you to explain the... uh, you use the term identifying with your bloodline before someone asked if you could. Yeah, the I, that I am, that I am, when we know thyself, here I am throwing out all of our corporate words. <laughs> Evan corporate yes, words. she is. <laughs> <laughs> the I am, that I am, identifies with nothing of, uh, of, of uh, physical matter of any time period. The I am is the one single light of the I am. And if I am identifying as Native American, then I've just diminished my I am self to something smaller. Yes. I, that's right on with that. Right on. That's the thing with identifying and identity. It's such a trap. And But I had to have my brains beat out of my head with awakenings to come to these, you know, these, this knowledge, this actual working, living knowledge. It's not exactly something you just tell somebody. No, this is no, this is hard work. This is inner work. This is the real work. And uh, this is why this is exactly why I uh, think we need to outside of political agendas, outside of political agendas for people that are out there working on themselves and coming yes. to these realizations, these, yes. this is a whole different level. And this includes people that are dealing with um, transsexualism and uh, all this other stuff. And I know there's a, there's a lot of hate in the realm for all this. And I'm having a deja vu right now. There is a process of transcending the flesh and at the point when you realize you are not your flesh, it seems like easy, easy peasy 
there is a that's, yeah it's true because gender is is part, part of, of our flesh. soul but well, no gender is part of our soul gender the word gender is part of our soul sex masculine and feminine but this is all pagan related you can read five pages in any pagan book and find out what the genders are of the sun and the moon oh yeah yeah i'm right there with all that what yeah. i'm saying is for people on their journey and and i definitely feel like i've always felt like i am definitely i'm happy to be a feminine being because that's what i am well if anyone's having problems with that we need to check the hormones first what are they eating sometimes soy in the diet can really mess things up but if you are psychologically going through issues of gender then you're my baby because that's my favorite topic because Hermes is a hermaphrodite, Hermes yes. Aphrodite. Yes. And I studied, I began studying at 16, Carl Jung's gender stuff. And because of the mind, in the mind at 16, what kind of karma is that? You know, and I was then I, right there. There you go. But I actually was dating cross-dressers and trying to understand them and just really into it. <laughs> so <laughs> also it was theatrical, but I mean, that's close to my heart. I understand how people get confused, why they're confused and how to work it out. Well, and this is the pro and I'm only using that as an example that we are not our flesh and, mm -hmm. but our energy is our flesh becomes an expression of our energetic field. That's what it should be. And well, it gets, it gets distorted. We're in a realm where distortions are the name of the game here. And we're particularly now in a deeper layer of distortion where it's all inverse and uh, that's what I think is a little bit tricky for some people to understand. And we see the inversion in all kinds of ways in language, et cetera. It's everywhere. Well, yeah. And the transgender thing is more like Baphomet. It's not like Hermes Aphrodite. Right. Well, there's the, there's the real soul transcendental experience that I believe transgenders go through and other people that are um, moving through more fields of identity mm -hmm. and then there is that which is laid on politically right and politically through chemical warfare and through the beast system and through chemical through warfare oh, what's in the air all, what's in the food it's all part of the transhumanistic agenda too exactly yeah. which I, I have videos about that but um someone was asking in the chat about the way to go which is like the little demonic spirit or trickster spirit of some Native American people, I don't know what they wanted to know about the way to go. But I think, yeah, I think Oswald, Oswald wanted to know your thoughts on it. <clears throat> I really like Paul Levy's work yeah, on that. Cool. I've enjoyed many hours listening to him talk about it. But it's just we, uh, the word Satan. If you look up the etymology to the word Satan, that used to mean little like little devils, little annoying entities that would get at you and i think that's over in the eastern country somewhere with a lot of sand i forget the name of the people that used to use that arabic maybe um but all of these words if you go go beyond the bible because that's just 101 you've got to look up your words and understand where they come from just like a conspiracy theorist you literally when i woke up my first kundalini awakening the thing that happened to david ike that woke him up and made him look like a, an ass in front of everyone. Well, that happened to me too. <laughs> and I look like an ass in front of everyone too. That yeah, is, oh, sorry. Okay. I'm not, I'm going, don't finish. I'm sorry. I don't remember. Go ahead, Jerry. I thought you were done. 
Uh, Watiko's an Algonquin word. Oh, Algonquin. Okay. And then that has another mystery to it. Isn't that Roanoke or something? No. Uh, people I don't that went know. missing? Okay. No. no, no anyway, no. you need to become, I became a conspiracy theorist. My spirit guide was the one that red pilled me. So I got the red pill from upstairs saying, you need to look into what's going on with this new world order, which is really what the Jehovah's Witnesses called it too. And my first awakening was in 2004. And that's when I first got into conspiracy. And now I'm like friends with Frame of Fly. So that's one of the coolest karmas I have. <laughs> oh, I was muting myself. That's awesome. Yeah. Were there any more questions? I think that was it. Okay. I'm sorry. I like to get at the audience. By the way, we're going to have a call-in show with um, Chance Garten on his show. It's not called Interverse. It's a different one. And I forget the name and I'm sorry. <laughs> it's new. It's something about ranting. And it's going to be a call-in show. So y'all can call in. Why does that name sound familiar? Interverse? What's the, what platform is it going to Chance be? Chance Gardner? Yeah. Um, uh, it's from Being There. That's why. I don't know that. Yeah, there's a movie called Being There, and the character's name is Chance Gardner. Oh, how very weird. Maybe he is, you know, CIA. I've always I love been Jerry curious. for that. Jerry's always got that kind of stuff going on in his head. <laughs> I love it, too. That's so good. What platform is this going to be on? I know it'll be on Rockfin, and I do have a channel on rockfin.com. I'm a cult priestess, and he's Interverse Pod. But uh, this this new call-in show, I'll tweet it, I swear. So follow me on Twitter. Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. And the, your Rockfin address is in the show notes in the description. Okay. All your links are there that you sent me. This has been an amazing conversation. I really enjoyed you, Occult Priestess. And it is so good to get to know you. And, um, you know, here we are, our paths crossed. How wonderful is this? Yeah, it's really wild. And thank you for letting me be vulnerable, open, and honest. We're all that's, about that. That's here. what we're all about, yeah. <laughs> that's our vibe. Yeah. <laughs> we need more of that in the world, and we need yeah. more people like you that are presenting it and representing it and showing people that this is, takes us further by being true and honest and representing what you are as a being rather than who you are as a person. Exactly. People need to chew on that. <laughs> oh, thank you, Steve, for putting the Interverse podcast link in there. Thank you, Thor at the door. And hey, Claire. Hi, Claire Mathis. <laughs> cool. Well, this has been awesome. And thank you so much for coming on. It's been really great talking to you. And thank you. I everyone. enjoyed myself. Yeah, I'm glad. Yes, and, I did too. Yeah. And we didn't even bring up it was the 13th. I know. <laughs> All right. I forgot about that one. Talk with Templars. All right. Oh, next time. <laughs> Everyone else is talking about it. And someone else, yeah, that's true. If everyone else is talking about it, we're not going to talk about it. And uh, <clears throat> someone else brought up that yesterday was Crowley's birthday. Yes. So I saw that the memes are everywhere on that. So we're not talking about that either. And hey, just for the record, go Brandon. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. <clears throat> yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone, for coming. And then sitting with us tonight. It's been a great show. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with JJ, Rain DeBlanc. She's in chat. Thank you, JJ. Yay. And uh, got shows lined up into November, believe it or not. I know. I think, and, did you get did you get good old Rick on yet? 
Rick. Oh, shit, I forgot to call him. Who's Rick? Rick, Dr. Richard, Richard Allen, Allen Miller. Oh, whoa. I got a call. He, he said, call me. And I. He, you have to call Rick. He doesn't. He's all about a call. He, and he I totally forget, keep forgetting. Him. I will call him tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah, I want to get him on and talk some magic. Yes. Cool. It'd be good times. Anyway, well, I got shows planned all the way up until our holiday break. And uh, that's all I got. Thank you, everyone. Thanks.